Hello, you're listening to the Infant Adoption Guide podcast. This is episode 12, where I share my adoption story. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Infant Adoption Guide podcast. My name is Tim Elder. I'm an adoptive dad, and I'm here bringing you this internet radio show all about domestic infant adoption. And this is a special episode, episode 12, that is all about me sharing my adoption story with you. So I'm really excited. I've been waiting to do this, and I've got it all together. And I'm ready to share with you the facts, not just the facts of my our adoption story, but how my wife and I adopted our children. We have two, and we adopted both as newborns one in 2007 and one in 2012. But I want to give you not just the facts of how we adopted, but I also want to give you a little bit of the emotion, how we felt, and specifically how I felt going through the process and even before the process. So let's get started. I, I know sharing my story is is a powerful way for me to explain or to give you some inspiration and some hope that you too can adopt and become the parents that you've dreamed about be, being because I, I've been there. I, I know what it's like to hear about a cousin or a friend or a coworker, anybody that had just got pregnant with their first, second, or third child while you struggled through infertility and possibly a miscarriage or, or more and still have an empty home. That's painful. I've been there. I felt it. So I can feel your pain if you're going through that too. I can understand how you are, are feeling and you're dealing with that. And I hope that my story can give you that encouragement to get through that pain, that you will become the mom or dad that you've dreamed about and hold that precious little baby in your arms. Because I remember thinking back before we adopted that how cool it would be for, I kind of pictured myself sitting in a rocking chair with a little baby cuddled up in a blanket and sleeping in my arms and I'm just staring at them for a long time. Can you picture that for yourself? I hope you can because it wasn't that long ago that my wife and I were in your situation. If you, if, if where we have not, we had not adopted yet and we were starting our journey and we had been married 12 years at that time. I mean, we'd often talked about having kids, but we thought having kids would come naturally or eventually and it just never did at least not biologically. So before we started our adoption process, we went through several years of fertility treatments. We had a miscarriage. We were very frustrated, discouraged, and beaten up. Our prayers were intense, but we weren't ready to give up on our fertility either. I mean, at the same time, we knew we weren't getting any younger, and we really just wanted to be parents, and it was interesting when we started seriously considering adoption because my wife wasn't all in at least not immediately because she didn't want to quit fertility treatments it felt to her that we were if we started the adoption process we're giving up on our chances to have a biological child so after some thought and a lot of talking we i just told her well why can't we just do both and she kind of had a light bulb moment at that point and said yeah why not? And I know experts will tell you, and probably rightfully so, that you should stop fertility treatments and 
and grieve if you need to and move on to adoption so you can focus on that as a way to building your family. And that makes sense. But for us, this just helped us get to the point of starting the adoption process. I mean, at that point, we were like, we were planning to adopt no matter if we had a biological child or not. We were still going to proceed with adoption because we just wanted to be parents, however that was going to happen. So it turns out researching adoption was is a long, long, overwhelming road. And you may have seen this as well, but I remember coming home at work from work after spending all day at work and then night after night after night on the internet trying to find good op- adoption information. And we were just overwhelmed. We got several books. One I remember was Adoption for Dummies. And the other one was uh, the Adoption Resource Book by Lewis Gilman. I mean, these we bought a couple other books besides that. And we were just trying to get the information we needed to start the process and figure out how it was all going to work. And those books were good, and they had so much information. They were thick books, and but we still had questions that we had to answer before we knew how we were going to build our family through adoption. So we started going through them with some help with through these books and through talking with some agencies that we just called to ask questions about how it all worked. And and it the questions range from do we have the money to adopt, how much it's going to cost, approximately. Can we adopt from another state? Can we adopt from our home state? What age range do we prefer? Um, do we want a newborn or not? Do we care if it's a boy or girl or if we have a transracial family? All those questions, I compacted into, into 10 questions, and I make them available on my website if you want to go take a look at them. It's infantadoptionguide.com forward slash first step. I spell out the word first. And uh, I'll have the link in the show notes as well at infantadoptionguide.com forward slash 12. All the show notes and links will be there. But we had to answer those questions. And really what it came down to us, a breakthrough for us was we really wanted a newborn baby. We wanted to experience parenthood from as close as possible to day one. And that meant we needed to go with domestic infant adoption. That for us was the best way to to get a newborn and as as close to possible as as bringing home the baby as uh, as we could. So we needed help from an agency or an attorney, or we need to figure out who's going to help us find a birth mother because we realized at that point. The process was a birth mother or potential birth mother was going to choose us to be the parents of her child. So we had to need to figure out who the adoption professional was for us. And so we started calling around local ones and we got very discouraged. The wait was long. The number of adoptions they did per year was minuscule. And we got discouraged because we thought, wow, this could take years and years and years. So we, but we didn't give up hope. We kept investigating. We kept researching. We looked around on the internet and we saw there were some agencies and facilitators that helped you, that would help anybody nationwide. And they did searches nationwide. And we thought, well, this is going to be for us. It's going to quick, it's going to make the wait quicker for us. It might, it might cost us more, but 
time was against us. We felt we were getting older and we were ready. We wanted to be become parents. So we spent a lot of time investigating. We came down to choosing Lifetime Adoption Center, which is a facilitator based in California, and which is important because California is the only state that regulates facilitators. And you may have heard facilitators may be a bad word and a red flag, and people may tell you not to go with facilitators, but Lifetime was awesome for us. I mean, we chose them because they had 20 plus years of experience of adopting newborns, working with birth mothers. They did a huge support center for birth mothers, a whole foundation built around it. They did 10 to 12 adoptions per month. They worked with folks nationwide. They found birth mothers nationwide. They had Christian values, which matched with ours. We just felt really comfortable talking with them. And they were based in California and we're in Nebraska and that's a long ways away and we never met them before we started, which is a leap of faith. But we did it and we never regretted our decision. So adoption story number one, our daughter. We started in April 2006. So at that point we had contract contracted with Lifetime. We went through all the stuff that we needed to to choose Lifetime, contracted with them in April 2006. So we started our home study. We started working on our profile. And I remember the thoughts there and the feelings were just unbelievable that we had to do this much to, to basically prove that we were worthy of being a parent. And I know it sounds bad, but that's how we felt. And the stacks of paperwork were just so much. And the interviews we had to do with social workers were very, very personal. The information we had to put down on paper were, was personal. And the background checks and how much money we made and our fingerprints. And we had to do medical physicals. On one hand, I understand all that needs to be done. It protects children. It protects birth parents. Have, at least gives them some comfort that parents like us are being vetted that we're not just um, crazy people out there trying to adopt children that we've been vetted to some point. I understand that. And that makes a lot, a lot of sense. But on the other hand, we really felt like, man, there's a lot of hoops to jump through. And it's, it's tough to keep your eye on the ball, but you got to keep your eye on the ball and say, this is what we need to do to become parents. This is how we're going to build our family, whatever it takes. That's the mentality we had, and that's what got us through it. So it took us about two months to get the home study completed and our profiles. We made a printed profile and then we made a profile video, which at that point in 2006 was not very well known, not very well received or accepted or not many people even did it or knew how to do it. But we made a video that just showed us through pictures and through video that we've taken, took around the house and around the area, and around things that we've done, we showed a lot of action explaining and showing the kind of family we were. And that had a lot to do with our, my brother-in-law, who was a big into photography and video, videography, and he helped us tremendously by putting this together. And he, he's the one that actually came up with the idea, so I give him all the credit. And it turns out that video was huge for us, but back to where we were. We completed the home study. We completed our profiles. And then we waited. The wait 
very frustrating, very discouraging at some of, a lot of the time. We were second-guessing ourselves. We were second-guessing the profile we put together, the video we put together. Maybe we weren't good enough. Maybe we didn't share the right things. But Lifetime was so encouraging to us. They assured us the profile was fine. Everything we did was good. They know, after talking with a lot of birth mothers, what birth mothers like to see. And it would just take the right birth mother to choose us. And so that's what happened. Nine months after we were contracted or being presented, I should say, to expectant mothers, we got the call. Our adoption coordinator said a birth mother wanted a match with us. We were sky high. We were like, wow, this could happen. This is awesome. And the even bigger news was that the birth mother was due in a week with a baby girl. We were ecstatic. We were, we were also stressed. It was a whirlwind week. We, we talked to our daughter's birth mother several times over the phone. We were matched over the phone. We really connected with her. And we tr made all these arrangements, all these plans, because we had to go several states away to be there at the birth. And that's where she wanted us to be at the birth. And we really wanted to be there. Well, she ended up coming out early. Our, our daughter was born early, I should say. So we didn't get to the hospital until four hours after she was born. And it was the first time we had met our daughter's birth mother. We were in that hotel, or we are in that hospital room with her and her birth mother. And it was, I admit it was awkward. I admit it was strange. But at the same time, we hugged her. Like she was already part of our family because we felt like she was. And I remember holding our little girl for the first time and just feeling the love there. A lot of people may think that it's, it's weird. It's uh, how can you have an attachment to this baby? But we did. I can't explain it. But she was just a precious, precious little angel. And we spent a lot of time in there in the hospital over the next day or two. And uh, as much as we could. And it was a really difficult day the day we left the hospital. It was such mixed emotions. We were so happy. Our dreams are coming true yet so sad for our daughter's birth mom and the pain that she was going through. So we were all in tears as we hugged goodbye, but we reassured her that we would take great care of our daughter and we have, and that was really what she wanted to know. So we had to stay in a hotel for 12 days before we could go home. Uh, there was ICPC paperwork that needed to be cleared. And we, uh, if you don't know about ICPC, it's just basically laws between state that between states that allow you to be able to have the baby placed with you. And so you can take the baby across state lines legally. So I have more information about that on my website, or you can Google it and you can find out more information too. But our dream finally came true. We were headed home. We got home to the airport. Our family, some of our family were there to greet us. And it was so much fun as we started our new life as a family. So that's adoption story number one for our daughter. Adoption story number two, our son. We chose to go with Lifetime again. Even though I've done a lot of research over the last, well, ever since our daughter was born, I've continue to do research because it just intrigues me so much and I so much want to help other people that I've done a lot of looking into a lot of different agencies and attorneys and 
but we kept coming back to Lifetime. They did such a good job for us. We loved them. And we actually got to meet them because our daughter was born not too far from their offices. So we met them and we just loved them and we, we had to go back with them and we, we did. So in June of 2009, we contracted with them again and we got our home study going. And this time we were felt like we were old pros. We knew what to expect. Our social worker was great. We knew we had to do redo fingerprints and all the paperwork again. It was a little frustrating, but we knew what had to be done and we did it and we got through it. The hard part, harder part for us was completing the profiles. For whatever reason, it just was a struggle to get them done, get them printed and get the video put together. We wanted to do another video and we did that, but it took a lot longer than we had hoped. And I remember my wife thinking, saying to me, man, this is taking a long time. Why is this taking so long? Something's not right. And she knew what she was talking about. They would call it women's intuition, I guess. But what ne- what happened next, we just couldn't see coming. We got our profiles done. Got our home study done. January of 2010. Only a month after waiting, my wife's diagnosed with breast cancer. Ugh. Uh, punch in the gut here we are finally ready to build our family again and it comes to a screeching halt and God bless my wife the first thing she was concerned about was whether or not we could continue the adoption not about her own health that's how wonderful she is but I was mad. I was frustrated. We were both shocked and scared. And what do we have to deal with? I mean, we got through all this infertility. We got through our first adoption journey. Now we have to wait even longer. We have to have my wife fight this cancer. Unbelievable. We just, we were really taken aback. And thankfully, Lifetime allowed us to put the adoption on hold, which meant we had 12 months to to put it on hold and just take care of my wife, get her through the treatment. She had surgeries, she had treatment, and thank the Lord she was declared cancer-free. We, we understood that as long as we had doctors saying that she was cancer-free and she was fit to parent, that would not affect our adoption, so we were so happy about that. But we had to deal with the physical, obviously, and also emotional issues that she had going through her diagnosis and her treatment. And it, it took like felt like forever going through it. But looking back, we're really blessed. It only took 10 months from her initial diagnosis to get back to where we were being presented to potential birth mothers again. That was an amazing and incredible and frustrating and hard time for us. But it, we came out of it stronger than ever and more vigilant that we were really wanted to be parents still we wanted to build our family still and so we came back we were back waiting after 10 months that waiting was hard too it drug out and after six more months 
we decided we better update our printed profile. We did that. We waited another year. So here we are in April 2012. We did a full profile revision at this point. We changed our birth mother letter. We changed our photos in the video. We did everything about it. But we felt so much better that it was really reflecting who we were as a family, especially in the video. I'll link the vi to the video in the show notes so you can see how we put the video together. But we felt so proud of that video because it showed us as a family like we've never had it done before. After we did all that profile revision, two more months, we got a call about birth parents who wanted to talk with us. So a year and eight months after being presented to expectant mothers again, we got the call. June 2012. We were matched. We spoke with both birth parents, the birth mom and the birth dad, and we were matched. Our son was due in three months, so we had lots of times to build the relationships with them. We, we spent we took two trips several states away to go see them and spend time with them and connect with them, and it was so awesome to be able to do that. It was so valuable, and the, they were such good people. And we were able to be at the hospital just an hour after he was born. It was awesome to be there with them. Again, it felt a little bit awkward going into the hospital room but the awkwardness went away fast. We hugged them. We shared moments with them, special moments in the hospital. Right then and over the next several days, it was such an awesome experience of really what open adoption is all about, building the relationship with birth parents, have, connecting to them, having them build the trust between us that we're going to be the parents for their son that they wanted. So we had to stay in the hotel again for for 10 days before we could go home. We spent lots of time with our son's birth parents, and it was awesome. They loved him. We loved him, and we're now forever connected as a family. Again, we were all in tears as we hugged goodbye after those 10 days, and we were going to go home. We arrived back at the airport, and our family was there again. It was so much fun for them to see us uh, have our family there. Now our son and our daughter and our second dream had come true. We were a family of four. Our kids are absolutely, without a doubt, the most precious, beautiful children on the planet. Not that I'm biased or anything, but they're so amazing. And my wife and I still look at each other from time to time and ask, how did we get these angels? They're so awesome and we're so blessed. So that's adoption story number two. A couple of pieces of advice after going through two newborn adoptions, obviously you've probably heard this before. Every adoption is different. There's so many variables that can cause you to go up and down in emotion. So many different things that can happen. So just keep that in mind that um, even though you, you may expect certain things to happen, it won't always go exactly how you think it will. And that's okay. You need to learn to flow, go with the flow and have good support in social workers, in attorneys, and your agency. You need to ask a lot of questions as you go through the process. Make sure you understand what's happening, what happens next, and why. And a big thing for us that we've learned, be very sensitive to the birth parents. They need your support. They need to trust you. 
And above all, they really need to know their baby will be safe, cared for, and loved by you. Above all, that's really what they want. And that's what open adoption's about. That they can have that that knowledge, that connection with you to know their baby is going to be cared for and loved and safe. So I started infantadoptionguide.com a few years ago to help others navigate this process. We've been through it. We wanted to share our experiences and our resources that we found to help you, inspire you, to provide stories that will help you and the tips to get you through the process with less stress, faster, and hopefully cheaper so you can experience parenthood through adoption as we have. And we've been very blessed to do that. So this is the other reason why I wanted to start this radio show is I wanted some to talk with you directly about infant adoption, interview professionals and families who have adopted before, authors of books, birth mothers, other people in the adoption world to bring you the information, inspiration, resources you need to help you adopt. So a couple resources I want to give you. One is uh, go back and look at, listen to the previous podcasts. Um, if you're interested at all in Lifetime, I interviewed the founder, Marty Caldwell, um, back in episode five. So if you go to infantadoptionguide.com forward slash five, you will see or you will hear the interview I did with her. She is awesome and she gives a lot of good information, not just about Lifetime, but about adopting in general because she's an adoptive mom herself. So that's a great resource, uh, as well as all the podcasts. I hope you enjoy those. Um, Also, I created this new resource guide. I call it Seven Steps to Domestic Infant Adoption. It's a downloadable ebook, but not an ebook in the traditional sense. This is a very action oriented ebook. It's a PDF download, so when you get it, you open it up, there'll be tons of links, over a hundred links I put in this. I put months and months of my work and all of collecting all of the data and information that I've gathered over the last seven years to help you save time and money and have the inspiration to adopt. And you'll see parts of my adoption story in that ebook as well. So I hope you go take a look at it. It's at infantadoptionguide.com forward slash seven steps. I have a couple bonus uh, downloads that come with that. So uh, if you get it, those come free. So I hope you take a look at that and you you can really be blessed by it. So thank you so much for listening. I I really hope you got a lot out of me sharing my story. I didn't talk about money that much. and I know you may be interested in how much all this stuff costs. And uh, I don't really want to get into too much details about it. But for my wife and I, we did we did build our funds. We didn't go into debt for any of our adoption funds. We we're blessed to be able to do that. But we knew it was going to cost twenty to $30,000. And it did. I'll leave it at that. Uh, the adoption tax credit helped us a lot. And uh, I know it's been fluctuating and the adoption credit's been here and there and refundable and not refundable. And I have all that information on my website too, but that really helped us out a lot. And then uh, we've had, we were blessed by family members and we saved a lot of money. 
but don't get caught up in the funds. There are one of the bonuses that I give with this uh, book is four ways to fund your adoption. Don't get discouraged that you don't have the funding to do this. You can, there are resources out there. There are places you can find, there are grants, there's loans, there's tons of different things to help you fund your adoption. Don't let that be an obstacle to help you build your family. There are a lot of good books as well. Adopt Without Debt is one of them by Julie Gum. I interviewed her on one of the podcast episodes, so go check that out too. Lots of good information there. Just, I implore you, don't let the costs of adoption scare you from realizing your dreams. Um, email me or connect with me on my website if you still have questions and you're you're still distraught, you still don't know how this is going to work for you. Contact me on my website. There's a contact page there. Send me an email and uh, let's talk. Uh, I'm here to help you in any way I can. I hope you really enjoyed this this story or our stories as they've happened for us in the last several years. We've definitely been blessed. We hope you will be too. Keep your chin up, keep your head up, and uh, keep your focus on becoming parents as you've been dreaming about, and it will come true. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. God bless.